بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه ما بعد. So continuing with where we finished in the previous درس. We came to the chapter باب من الشرك لبس الحلقة والخيط ونحوهما لرفع البلاء أو دفعه. From shirk is to wear a ring, twine, or other than that to remove or prevent harm. We began working through this chapter. However, we didn't complete it. We attempt to do that today. The first evidence that the Imam he brought was the saying of Allah, the Most High. Say, tell me then the things that you invoke besides Allah. In in aradani Allah bidur. Hal hunna kashifatu dhurli. If Allah intended some harm for me, could they remove his harm? If Allah intended some harm for me. Or aradani birahma. Or if he intended some mercy for me, Hal Hunna Mumsikatu Rahmati. Yani, are they able to withhold and prevent his mercy? Say, sufficient is Allah for me, and it is he whom those uh, who trust him, yani, put their trust in, yani, the believers, those who put their trust in Allah, it is those who uh, trust in him and, they, and put their, their trust in him. Now. And so we covered that particular verse, and likewise we went on to the hadith that followed on from that, and that was the hadith of Imran ibn Hussein, anhu, that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he saw a man, and on his hand was a ring made from brass, and we made mention of. Uh, some of the scholars who gathered the narrations together that it was a ring not that may come to a person's mind a ring on, on, on the finger one of the fingers but a ring on the, on the upper arm yani a, 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 a ring made of brass that was placed on the upper arm now um, and so he said the messenger of Allah وسلم, he said Mahadi. he said what is this to which he said uh, it is to overcome weakness. It is to overcome a weakness that he was afflicted with. And so the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, He said, Remove it. For indeed, it will not increase you except for in weakness. And that if you were to die whilst wearing this ring, then you would never be successful. Um, I believe that's where we ended in the previous dars now. That brings us to the next evidence that the Imam he brings under this chapter. Walahu an ibn Amir marfu'a. Naam. Um, and from him, meaning from Imam Ahmed, because Imam Ahmed, the scholar of hadith, he recorded the previous hadith. From him also, he records from Uqba ibn Amr that the Prophet sallallahu Whoever wears an amulet. Whoever wears an amulet or يعني, a talisman. These are the English words that are used to refer to this word. Uh, tamima. An amulet or a talisman. And Allah will never fulfill his wish for him. And whosoever wears a wada'a. Wada'a, my brothers, is 
any of those ahjar, those stones that are taken from the sea. That's a wada'ah. So, yani, seashells, you can say. Um, the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, فَلَا وَدَعَ اللَّهُ لَهُ Allah will not grant him peace and rest. Uh, you can see the form or يعني, the, the way that the meaning has been put across here. It has been يعني, explained to mean here that whosoever wears such things, this is the outcome, meaning by way of khabar, by way of information, that whoever wears an amulet, then Allah will not fulfill his wish, by way of khabar, informing. But some of the scholars have mentioned that this is, it, it is also a dua. It is also a dua. It is, it, it, this particular structure of, of uh, يعني, language here, can also come with the meaning of dua. Meaning, whosoever wears an amulet, may Allah never, may Allah not fulfill his wish for him. So, يعني, a dua against him. And whosoever wears a, sea, a seashell, then may Allah not grant him peace and rest. So some of the scholars explain this to mean that the messenger of Allah وسلم, is making dua against such a person. Now, um, a benefit here from al-Sheikh Salih, al-Sheikh Hafidhullah. He said that tamima, that word tamima, as we said, we translated that as amulet or talisman in English. And even that word requires some explanation in English. What's an amulet? What's a talisman? In English, that's anything that is يعني, um, worn or taken, such as any type of object, uh, typically a ring or a stone, or ornament uh, which a person believes brings about some good or benefit and wards off or wards off evil, harm or, or, or danger. Okay, so a talisman, in English this is what they um, explain an amulet or talisman to be. An object such as a ring, stone, ornament that is taken by a person who believes that particular thing can bring about benefit or good and ward off harm and evil. Tamima, as for in the Arabic language, Tamima, the meaning of that, as Sheikh Salih al-Sheikh, he says here, Summiyat Tamima, li'atiqadihi fiha annahu, or annaha, or annahu biha, yatimmu lahu al-amr. Tamima, or that thing, has been referred to Tamima in, in Arabic because of the belief that the, that, that person holds in that, that thing that he has taken, that thing that he has hung around his neck or worn around his arm or hung somewhere, he believes that thing will complete for him the affair that he wants. To complete in Arabic, how do we say that? The verb, to complete, he completed. Akmala is one word. What's another word? Tamma yatim. Tamma yatim. To complete. To make something complete. Tamma yatim. That is why, look how the messenger of Allah, he made dua. What did he say? After that, Whoever wears a tamima, what did he say? Fala, fala atam, fala fala atam Allah. Then may Allah not complete for him his wish. That is why it is called tamima because a person hopes by that thing, his wish or that thing that he wants will be completed by way of it. Wadah? Is that clear? Now. Another benefit, um, this time from Sheikh Saleh al-Fawzan, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, is Man ta'allaqa, he the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man ta'allaqa. Ta'allaq, uh, uh, anyone know the meaning of this? 
تعلق to to hang to hang something also to become attached to something تعلق بشيء to become attached to something or to hang something so here من تعلق أي علق هذا الشيء على جسمه he hung this thing on his body or attached it to his body however not just that أو علق قلبه به or he attached his heart to that thing doesn't necessarily mean he attaches that thing to his body and it's only attached to the body or hung around the body or on the body but he could have it separate from his body but he's attached to that thing and so um, a person can take something and attach it around other than his body he, he, as they do Sheikh Ibn Uthaymiyyah he said those who take a shoe or a slipper and so on and they, they hang it on the wall of such and such person thinking that it will bring about benefit or word of harm or likewise in the siyara in the car people hang things in their car in order to ward off harm bring about benefit and so on now so this is not specific al-hasil what we're trying to say is it's not specific to just hanging something to the, on the body no man ta'allaqa tamima whatever it may be on the body or separate from the body now and just because a person hasn't hung that thing on his body doesn't mean his heart's not attached to it. And this is what the Shaykh is saying. Oh, Allah qalbu law bihi. Now, the Imam then brings a variant word in um, from Uqba ibn Amir, when he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Man ta'allaqa tamima faqad ashrak. Whoever wears a talisman, فَقَدْ أَشْرَكْ has indeed committed shirk. Has indeed committed shirk. Now, now here uh, we turn to uh, Sheikh of Sheikh, Sheikh Saleh Fawzan, Hafidullah Ta'ala, because he brings a beautiful benefit here. And the Sheikh, he mentions here that one may ask, you may ask, shirk? What type is this shirk that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is referring to? And it's a serious affair. Hence why we chose this book. Hence why a Muslim needs to continuously study this affair. And as we're going to see in the next narration that the Imam he brings, a narration from a Sahabi and how he recited a verse and from that verse we learn how many from those who believe or many um, of them do not believe except that they commit shirk many believe but commit shirk Naam, which shows to us the serious nature of this topic and this Tawheed, if we've been created for this Tawheed, it is upon us to study this matter to a detail that we've not studied anything else. That if there's anything that requires all of our attention and yani, committing our time and energy and sacrifice in studying something, mastering something, then it has to be this. And as I read whilst preparing for today's lesson, um, an example that was given regarding learning Tawheed and that which opposes it. If we take, for example, wudu, a person cannot complete his wudu until he learns and he cannot perfect his, his wudu until he learns that which nullifies his wudu or that which comes and uh, yani decreases the, yani, the perfection of his wudu or decreases the reward. So, as an example, if you were responsible after Allah guided an individual to Al-Islam 
now you're in the position to teach this person how to pray. A new Muslim. You teach this new Muslim how to pray. You show him how to make wudu. Your almost concern, first and foremost with him, is that he needs to pray. I'm going to show him how to pray. He needs to learn that immediately. So you show him how to pray. But you don't have all the time to go and show him and tell him all of the rulings of wudu. But you simply teach him how to make the wudu. He's made the wudu. You haven't gone into the details of wudu. It's nullifiers. That which come and diminish yani, the, the reward of the wudu or yani, causes it to be deficient. He's made wudu. So he, he's in a state of tahara. And he prays. But you haven't taught him that passing wind, urinating, defecating, nullifies the wudu. He doesn't know that. So he goes around the whole day. He hasn't, he hasn't been taught this, nor has he learned it. He goes around the whole day thinking he's in the state of tahara. And he prays the rest of the prayers. He goes around breaking wind all day, let's say. <laughs> and he has no idea that his tahara is broken because why? No one's told him. And he hasn't learned. So look how he, a person, if he doesn't learn or if he isn't taught, he can do something which nullifies completely that very thing. And he doesn't even know. The importance of learning the nullifiers of a tawheed. Kedalik. You tell him, okay, you tell him, all right, this is the wudu, but you know if you pass when, you break, uh, you, you, you urinate, you defecate, you have to uh, perform the ablution again, the, the wudu. Okay, now he knows this. However, there are things that also... He, now, although he knows the nullifiers, there are things that diminish the, uh, yani his wudu by way of its perfection, decrease it, make it deficient. So, for example, as has come in the hadith, wherein the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu the hadith of Abu Huraira, in Sahih Muslim and other than Sahih Muslim, wailun, wailun lil aqab min al-nar. Woe to the, uh, to the heels that are in the fire when he saw a man making wudu, but he left a spot on his ankle, on his um, heel, the heels of his feet. The messenger of, of Allah says, Wailun, woe to the heels in the fire. Because a person from the completion of the wudu to perfect it is isbagul wudu. To make sure the parts, the body parts that are washed during wudu are washed properly. And if not, then the person's wudu is deficient. And possibly even mu'arrad al-adhab is liable to punishment. Liable to punishment. Naam. So, bringing this back to where we find ourselves studying this extremely important topic of Tawheed, learning what Tawheed is, learning its opposite, that which nullifies it completely, and also that which decreases it and makes it deficient. Some of these deficiencies can lead it to, to eventually, to, to, to this person carrying out a, a nullifier, falling into a nullifier which then exits them out of Tawheed completely. As we're going to see here from the kalam of Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan, Ta'ala, he says that if you were to ask what type of shirk is this here that the Messenger of Allah is referring to in this hadith, whoever wears a talisman has committed shirk. Extremely important matter here now. And us, given our backgrounds and our people, we know from our, from our people, those who uh, have been trialed and afflicted with these matters, wearing amulets and talismans and things around their necks and their arms, placing things around the house. This is not something that we hear about and we read about, something of yani, the previous generations and yani, something we just need to, to, to be aware of, but we never see it. We see it in our homes. We see it from the closest of people to us wearing these things and taking these things as means of protection or bringing about benefit and so on. So the Sheikh, he says, 
He says, is it shirk al-akbar? The major shirk which exits a person outside of Tawheed and al-Islam. We say, we say there's detail here. If the person who wears this talisman, yara annaha, he sees and he believes it, yani that it protects, he protects him, min dunillah, besides Allah. This particular thing itself, this, this amulet, this talisman, this ring, this twine, it protects him. That thing in itself, not Allah, that thing. فَهَذَا shirk akbar. Then this is major shirk. Now, as for if he believes that it is a sabab, faqat, it is just a means, it is a means. That this talisman, this amulet, this ornament that he's taken, this ring, this stone, this whatever, that in and of itself doesn't bring about benefit or harm, but it is a means. It is a sabab. Only. And Allah, walwaqi hu Allah, and Allah is the one who protects. فَهَذَا شِرْكٌ أَصْغَرٌ Then this is minor shirk. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَجْعَلْ هَذِهِ الْأَشْيَاءِ سَبَبًا Then that is minor shirk, because Allah Taala did not make those things as means. And due to these things leading to the major shirk. That is, that is why it is referred to as a minor shirk. person who holds this belief, wears an amulet, holds the belief that this thing doesn't, itself doesn't bring about harm, or sorry, doesn't bring about benefit or word of harm. That is Allah. But it is a means for يعني, bringing the, that, that benefit about from Allah. If I wear this, then Allah will bring about the, the benefit or word of the harm. Then although this person hasn't committed that major shirk, it is minor shirk, but it is feared for him, greatly feared for him, that it will lead to the major shirk. That is why it is referred to as minor shirk. And it is a major sin, and as we're going to see, it is greater than the, than the major sins. It's greater than the, other, the rest of the major sins. Greater, do not be fooled by the word minor. When you hear minor, you think, okay, it's minor. It's a minor thing. No. It's still major. It's a major sin. It's a major sin and the worst of the major sins. Meaning it is worse than killing. Worse than adultery. Worse than stealing and so on. Worse than drinking khamar. You have to remember this. Now, the sheikh, he continues and he says that... Um, Actually, he goes on to the next hadith, so we'll take the next hadith and we'll come back to the explanation of Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan. The next hadith that the Imam he brings is from Hudayfa. This time recorded by Ibn Abi Hatim. From Hudayfa, yani Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. That he saw a man with a piece of twine on his hand. And either to protect him or to cure him from fever. So, he cut it. He cut it. Watala, and he recited qawlahu, the saying of Allah, the Most High. وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ That is the saying of Allah, that most of them believe not in Allah. Except that they attribute partners unto him. Now, the ayah from Surah Yusuf. Now, so here, the Sheikh he says that Hudayfa, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, he cut this twine, which was, يعني, that this man had on him on his hand, um, and this shows to us that. He removed that evil. Fihi izalatul munkar. Removing the munkar, the evil. Exactly as the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu himself, he did when he saw that man with the, the, the halqa. As we saw in the previous narration, the narration of Imran ibn Hussein. Remember, we, that, that was a narration 
going back to the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he saw a man and then as we said also that some of the muhaddithin and scholars of hadith they mentioned it was actually Imran himself it was Imran himself that the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw Imran wearing the ring and he said Zi'ha, remove it and so here we see a companion in a similar situation he saw a man and with a twine, wearing a twine, and he cut it. And then recited this verse. Now, um, the Sheikh he says, the meaning of this verse is, that they believe يعني, in rububiyya, but they commit shirk in uluhiyya. They believe Allah to be the Lord, single out, single out Allah with his lordship, Rububiyyah, but they commit shirk with him and ascribe partners to him in his uluhiyyah, in his worship, in acts of worship. Um, and because the mushrikeen of Mecca, as we know, would affirm the lordship of Allah, however, they would ascribe partners to him in his uluhiyyah. Either a shirk al-akbar, or minor shirk. And now here the Shaykh he comes to the point that we want to get across. He says, The Shaykh he says, so just as we detailed that a person taking a twine, and a twine is, as we said, taking some rope or some string and tying it together. Uh, if a person, he sees that benefit and warding of harm is in the hands of Allah, but that this twine is only a means, then this is shirk al-asr. This is the minor shirk. Uh, because Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, did not make this twine a means from the asbab, he didn't make it a sabab, min al-asbab al-waqiyah. He didn't make it a means from those means that protect, or those means that we should take. As for, إِذَا كَانَ يَعْتَمِدْ عَلَى هَذَا الْخَيْطِ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ فِي دَفْعِ الضَّرَرِ فَهَذَا شِرْكٌ أَكْبَرٌ As for if this person, he relies and depends on that, str that string, that twine, other, يعني, other than Allah, he depends on this twine, and he doesn't rely upon Allah that this twine will ward off the harm, then this is the major shirk. And so this shows to us that shirk This shows to us that shirk can take place and can often take place even from the people of Iman. Even from the people of Iman. Naam. And even if we're talking about shirk uh, al-asghar, the minor shirk, then فَالشِرْكُ الْأَصْغَرْ قَدْ يَسْتُرْ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِ Minor shirk can take place and appear from the believer. كَمَا قَدْ يَسْتُرْ مِنْهُ النِّفَاقِ الْعَمَلِي Just as that nifaq al-amali can appear from him. يعني hypocritical actions, actions which have been described as being actions of the munafiqeen, of the hypocrites, such as telling lies, not keeping one's promise and so on. That is nifaq amali. Hypocrisy in one's actions, but not hypocrisy in i'tiqad, in belief. Now, so just as nifaq i'tiqadi, that hypocrisy of belief and in the heart, takes a person outside of Islam, like shirk al-akbar, nifaq amali doesn't take a person outside of Islam, just like shirk al-asghar itself doesn't take a person outside of Islam, but it leads to it. Now, now, as for if a person, he, as the sheikh, he said, if he relies on this particular khayt, this twine or this amulet and so on, um, then that is a shirk al-akbar, the major shirk, 
that which negates Iman. Ashirk al Asghar, the minor shirk, it uh, diminishes a person's Iman, yani it, it weakens it, um, and it weakens a person's Tawheed. Naam. Naam. Naam, so that is the end of the evidences brought by the Imam in this chapter. Naam. And we're going to see from what follows in the next chapter, and that which we can take also from this chapter, is that these matters are extremely serious and how they can be hidden from many, how even Ahlul Iman, the people of Tawheed, can fall into these matters. And it is something which now we're beginning to see, given where we are in the book, how the Imam now is given his details. Prior to this, the previous chapters, we had an introduction. You can say they were introductory chapters. Yeah, and an explanation of why we've been created for Tawheed. The explanation of the right of Allah upon us and the right of the servants upon Allah. The virtues of Tawheed and its rewards. The one who perfects it, that which awaits him, or yeah, and it waits for him if he perfects it. A great reward in that. Yeah, and the importance of calling people to Tawheed um, and having fear of its opposite. A shirk. But now here we're seeing the detail of, of this. We're seeing the detail of, uh, of uh, everything which has come previously in a general manner. Now we're seeing the detail of that. Yani how a person can complete and perfect that tawheed by not falling into these things, not relying on these things, not participating or partaking in any of these matters. Kadalik, not participating or, or, or doing that which diminishes his tawheed or uh, yani, uh, uh, renders his tawheed deficient, weakens it or even completely negates it. And so these are yani, uh, real things that we see, real uh, situations and much of that which we see around us. As we said before, we have before our eyes and that which we see around us our families, and our people, and that which they've been taught, and that which they know, and that which they participate in, from all of these matters, that which is, or that which makes it binding upon us to first and foremost learn these affairs for ourselves and then go and teach our people, to go and teach them. And that which we see from amulets that the people wear, from talismans, and we're going to see in the next chapter as well, tiwala, a tiwala, a tiwala, my brothers, is like bewitchment, or spells that are used to, to uh, yeah, and bring about certain affairs. And we see from our people, those who will go to certain individuals, they will go to magicians, Seeking, hoping that they can bring about that which they desire. So to bring about love in between the husband and wife. Between the husband and wife. Or even seeking to separate them. Or to a woman who cannot bear a child. Or she attempting or trying to, to, to bear a child. Get pregnant. From our people, those who, due to their ignorance in this topic not studying these matters, not being taught these matters, then they fall into the likes of these things where they participate in these matters. And so they turn to a tiwala, they go to the magician, magicians, they go to sorcerers and so on, um, and they give to them these things. It's a trade. It's a trade for many of them. Many of them are يعني, big earners due to this. 
and they leave the session and they've taken with them an amulet, a talisman. Yani, uh, strings and so on, or uh, taweez and these things. And many of them working with the jinn, working with the shayateen. And that which we see from them when they combine between sihr, magic, and they combine between many affairs, sufiya that's within them, the sufiya, that yani, uh, mystical knowledge that they claim, and tariqa, and their, their path and way that they claim to, to be upon and claim is the, the, the correct way. Um, yani, coupled with also them being, yani, uh, having been afflicted by yani, mythology, Greek mythology, being afflicted by the, the uh, science of uh, astrology. All of these things combined together. And when these things are combined together, you see masaib, afflictions. And so, an example that we see. Just a quick one to put it out there, and then we discuss it. Very common, that which we see to this day. You don't even need to travel far. Just go on Great Horton Road here, and yeah, and it, it, there is a good chance that you will see one of these stores, one of the takeaways, restaurants belonging to the Muslimin, with something above the shop sign. Very often, we see something. Take a guess of what I'm alluding to. Huh? The blue eye? That's a new one. I haven't seen that. Hmm? Horseshoes, you see. Muslims, do they take the horseshoes? Maybe kuffar. What else? Focals. Okay, I mean, that's rooted in Quran. Okay. What's the common thing you see? Come on, Ikhwan. Huh? 786, Ikhwan. 786. Anyone know where 786 comes from? What's, what's the asl of 786? Where does it come from? Ahsant. Now. So 786, they say it's Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. 786. But where is that taken from? That's taken from that which is referred to as Ilm al-Huruf. Ilm al-Huruf. The science of letters. The science of letters. Yani it's a decimal alphabetic numeral system. An alphanumeric code. Yani they, they assign values to every letter, Arabic letter. Yani they call it the huruful jummal. Huruful jummal, also al-abjadiyyah. Again, they believe due to their Sufiya, due to their the mythology and also it's linked to astrology and so on, Greek astrology and so on. The end result is the following. You get, and we'll give examples, you get a, a decimal alphabetic numeral system where an alphanumeric code that they work with and they place values to every letter so they assign values to every letter for example alif one ba two and so on rain for example is hundred they give whatever system they work with yani each letter has a value so for example, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, they take Ba, it's two. Alif, one. They add them all up. Each letter, they add them all up. The, the, the values. And they come on to 786. They come, on, they come to 786. 786. Now, uh, and so these numbers that they come to, these sums that they come to, they used to infer meanings. Uh, 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 and reveal secret or hidden meanings. 
And when that's coupled with astrology and mythology and all of this, you have that which we see from the Muslimin. And other than the Muslimin, you have, or the result is, you see when, and we have here on the slides examples. An example of someone who contacted, actually not so long ago, just a few, maybe two, three months ago. Examples by, uh, by way of pictures sent directly to me, someone here in Bradford. Um, they found in the room of their mother uh, an amulet. Within this amulet were pieces of paper folded up. Within this, or on these papers, a mixture of names of Allah, praises of Allah, Ya Allah, and so on. But also, as you're going to see, don't worry, you get to see them, I'll put them on the slides. Um, names that you don't, you've never heard of, but also numbers. The combination of these numbers, because they work with these matters. They work with these matters. So they, they, they refer to also the constellations, because they combine between all of these matters. So they, com they, they, work, they look at the constellations, and by way of these numbers, by way of, so for example, they'll take your name, take each letter of your name, look at the numeric values of each letter, add them up, they take your mother's name, and your name, the values of your name, the values of your mother's name, uh, minus one from the other, whatever is left, that has a meaning. Or multiply it, it has a meaning. Coupled with uh, uh, the science of astrology, so they also look at the stars, they look at, for example, um, when you were born, to so look at when you were born. So, uh, if it was in Burj al-Hut, Burj al-Hut, now, now this, uh, this is now the, uh, the zodiac signs they have. Remember those signs, those zodiac signs? Yeah? And so like, as we said before, the Kufar, they have it to this day. You know, read your star sign, your horoscope, or the horoscopes, what waits for you this month? Hmm? Or today or tomorrow, they have it even daily. On a daily yani, basis. And so they look to the stars, they look to the, to the uh, constellations, and constellations are what? Groups of stars. Uh, and they look at the celest celestial sphere, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the planets, their movements, their position, or the position of the sun, and so on. Uh, at given times throughout the, the year and they look at that which the sun transits um, from signs so the sun at a particular time will transit a sign yeah, and a constellation of stars group of stars um, that which may resemble yeah, any, uh, an animal or a body and so on rooted in what? Greek mythology it's all rooted in Greek mythology. And so, um, as we said, Burj al-Hut. Uh, al What's Hut? What's Hut in Arabic? Fish. Like, which one are they referring to? Huh? Which star sign? Can anyone work it out? Pisces. Pisces. Huh? Uh, Pisces. Um, and as we said, either these Greek... Uh, yeah, any, uh, scholars of mythology those who, who originated these terms and this science they looked at the star uh, they looked at the stars that which it resembled to them and so yeah, any, a fish so you had uh, what was the name of that again? Pisces um, Aries, I believe. Remember Aries? Aries, is it Aries? The ram. Leo, a lion. 
Taurus. Taurus, remember Taurus? The bull. Burujul Thor. It's referred to. Nam. Burj Nam. You you have uh, Scorpio. Remember Scorpio? Which is that's a given. That's an easy one. What's that? A scorpion. And yeah, resemble yeah, bodies that they saw resembled either animals or even not just animals, but also um, yeah, any other other than animals, such as um, uh, Libra, I believe. Cancer. Cancer. Libra. Scales. That's why you'll see this, this, the, the, that which the image they use to uh, represent Libra is scales, like a balance of scales. Uh, Gemini. Gemini is twins. And that goes back to two yeah, any, uh, twins or half twins or something of this nature, uh, Greek twins or whoever, that they believe to be heavenly twins. Heavenly twins. But these signs that would yeah, and you represent these things. Now, and you find this, you find the, the, you find that this is present to this day and it's a fitna for many. It's a fitna even for the Muslims. And there's something that we have to teach our young ones and in particular our, our young girls because girls can become, yeah, and uh, and our young sisters can become yani, susceptible to, to reading these matters or, or taking to these matters. Because the nature of, of, of girls, they want to be protected. They want to, they want to feel, yani, uh, they, they want to feel protected. They want to feel, uh, they love to, 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 to know that good awaits them and so on. Uh, a sense of security and these matters. And so when you have these munajimeen, these astrologists, and these people who come and they say that this month expect something good. This month expect something good. And as an example, I just searched today just to see before coming here. Yeah, and the, the language that is used, the language that is used uh, by these people and again present to this day in newspapers in magazines um, that which reality is, is it's become a big business a big business and so by the way they sell their, 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 their newspapers their magazines yani they acquire subscriptions and if you want further detail into your, your future you know, on a daily level and on a daily basis so, for, for example, an example of that, reading, I was reading just today, can't remember which, which star sign, but you may be trying to prove something to yourself or to your boss or to a partner. Hmm. Yeah, and the likes of this, these kinds of matters. Um, and, and subhanAllah, how many of them, they buy the, the, these... these uh, Descriptions and they fall for them and they become moved by them and, and attach themselves to these things. That which is so weak and batil. I read one which said, Some changes will come. <laughs> yeah, subhanAllah. Some changes will come. Is that that's what you need to be told that some. Everyone knows this. Some change. This, this, <laughs> everything changes. Some changes will come. Huh? And then you want private, you want extra, then subscribe and you'll get further detail. Then you've got to drop a bag. You've got to drop a bag to get that detail. You know, a, a hefty bag. Now, now, and so. What they do, Ikhwan, is they take, for example, and as uh, those from Ahl al-In uh, who have commented on, on the likes of this, they say, for example, what they'll do is they'll take um, the 
you just take your star sign or they'll even take the month that you were born in. They'll take the month that you saw your star sign and then يعني, they'll add that to another number which they've derived. So a combination of things uh, like I said, sometimes they'll take the, your, your, your name, take the numerical values of your name, your mother's name, when you were born and so on, your star sign, add this number together or minus this from that. Yeah, quick maths. And then they've got, in fact, probably not quick maths because to be honest, it's long. It's long. Doing all of that is long, so it's not even quick maths. But they do what they do, and then they're able to say that, okay, you will live this long. You live for 60 years, for example. Or you're going to have this amount of children. Or such and such trials will come to you. The likes of this. And so, as an example, um, Imam At-Tabari, in his tarikh, he mentioned that Al-Wathiq, Al-Wathiq Billah, one of the Khulafa of Baghdad, Al-Wathiq, um, he became ill. He became ill and he gathered the Munajjimin. He gathered the astrologists and those who, who um, are involved in this Ilm al-Huruf, this Huruf al-Jummal, and what they did is they, he said to them, he said, Undru fismi. He said, Look into my name. kam baqi fi umri. He said to them, Look into my name. So use the huruf al jummal. And work out how many years are left for me. Because he became ill and concerned. And this is, again, the ummah, afflicted by these things, far from tawheed. Relying upon these things, relying upon the likes of these matters, far from Tawheed. And what he did, he called 50 of them and he separated each one of them that they couldn't work together and he wanted to know if they would all come to the same answer. And they did, fi'lan. They all came to the same answer. They took his name, took whatever else. Long maths, not quick maths, long maths. And then they all came and they said 50 years. 50 years. Maybe they decided, let's give each one, each one of us give a year each. <laughs> because there were 50 of them. But they actually came to the number 50. They said, you live for 50 years from here. So he became happy. He became happy. But then, Tabri, he mentioned, ثُمَّ لَمْ يَمْكُثْ إِلَّا عَشْرَةَ أَيَّامَ مَاتٍ then he only remained for another 10 days and then died. Now, the affairs are in the hands of Allah. Um, and so, this is a reminder for us regarding the importance of this topic, the importance of Tawheed, the importance of, of that which harms a person's Tawheed, that which it is extremely easy for a Muslim for a mu'min, for a muwahid, a person of tawheed, to be put to trial with these matters. Those who are close to us, our family members, hmm? our, family, our parents, our siblings, our partners, our, يعني, our children. How these things are beautified for them and they see around them, because we, like, we live in the lands of the kuffar. And they see يعني, in, the, in, the, uh, in the papers, in the magazines, يعني, on, in the news, or... يعني, uh, various forms of social media and so on. These things, beautified, your star sign, what awaits you, and these kinds of things. All of this falls into that which opposes Tawheed. That which opposes Tawheed. And it's easy for a person who doesn't learn these matters, doesn't learn Tawheed to this detail, that they take this lightly and become reliant in these matters and, yeah, and fall into these matters, eventually leading them to minor shirk, or yani even major shirk. Naam. 
Um, and we end now with the important matters of uh, this particular bab. And the Imam, he brings 10 or 11, 11 matters. We'll go through them quickly. And this serves for us uh, as a summary. Uh, the first is the strict forbiddance of wearing rings, twines and the like. Secondly, that the companion, and this is referring now to the uh, hadith of Imran ibn Hussein, when the messenger of Allah وسلم, he saw that ring on his on his arm, and he and he said to him that if you were to die whilst wearing that, uh, you would never be successful. Naam. And so here we see that if the companion had died whilst wearing such a thing, he would not be successful. Sheikh Ibn Ibn Uthameen, he says, that, that's a companion. That's a Sahabi. Then what, what about other than the Sahabi then? Huh? The Sahaba, with everything that they did, and every virtue that they have, if that's the case with the Sahabi, that whilst wearing that, if he died, he would never be successful, then what about other than the Sahabi? Hmm? Severe warning. Naam. And likewise, uh, it confirms the statement of the companions, the Sahaba, that minor shirk is greater than the major sins. That is why Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, uh, he made the following statement. Listen, my brothers, to this beautiful statement that he made and how we can combine this with this important point that the Imam is mentioning here. He said, لَأَنْ أَحْلِفْ بِاللَّهِ كَاذِبًا حَبْ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ أَنْ أَحْلِفْ بِغَيْرِهِ صَادِقًا He said, that I swear by Allah's name whilst lying is more beloved to me than swearing by other than him whilst being truthful. You get that? What's he saying there? That's an extremely important matter. I'd rather not commit shirk. Mahmoud, naam? Are you going to say it in a different way? Naam. It's a major sin. He's doing a major sin. He'd rather do that major sin of lying whilst using Allah's name. Major sin. He'd rather do that then commit shirk. I'm being truthful. Yeah, and he said, I'd rather lie and swear by Allah and use his name than swear by other than Allah and then commit shirk whilst telling the truth. Wadah. Clear? So from that, we take this benefit. It's an extremely important benefit. And when we see that from the Sahaba, they would deem minor shirk greater than the major sins. The, you know. the third is that ignorance is not excused. As we saw from the hadith of Imran, the messenger of Allah didn't excuse the man. He, he commanded him to remove it. I didn't say, oh, because he's ignorant, just leave him. He wasn't excused. Likewise, Hudayfa took the twine and cut it. Didn't leave them يعني, to their excuses. No. The fourth is that they won't benefit in this life, meaning these matters. Twines, rings, and uh, amulets and so on, they will not benefit. They will not benefit an individual. Rather, they will bring about harm as the messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, it will not increase you except in weakness. So they don't benefit. They don't bring about any benefit. Now, the fifth matter is the severe censor uh, of the one who does such a deed. Now, yani wearing talismans and these things and twines and so on. The sixth uh, 
the clear declaration, tasrih, the clear declaration that whoever attaches himself to something would be placed under the charge, protection of that thing. Now, now, that is the sixth. The seventh is the clear declaration that whoever wears an amulet has committed shirk. That is taken from the saying of the Messenger of Allah, Ashrak clear. Now, the eighth is that hanging a twine, whether that is from seeking protection or seeking to be cured from al-humma, fever, then that is a shirk. What type of shirk is it? Hmm? Depends, Asan. That's the answer I was looking for. We say here there's detail. What's the detail? Hmm. It's minor but major, but that seems contradictory. Depends. Okay, it depends, but it depends on what? Intention. So give me detail on that intention. If he believes what's from Allah. Mm-hmm. Why is it minor shirk? Because he's taken it as a means which Allah did not make as a means. Good answer there. So, the reason why it is minor shirk is because he is taking something as a means which Allah didn't legislate to be a means. And he believes that this particular thing itself doesn't bring about benefit or word of harm, but it is Allah that does, does that. However, he wears it as a means. That's minor shirk. Hmm? What, about, is it, what about the one who intends it another, the other way? What does he believe in? For it to be major shirk, then he must believe that thing itself brings the cure or protects him. Now, that's the detail there. So, again, extremely important for us to know that detail. Not every family member we see wearing something do we now say, oh, it's committing shirk, major shirk, and behave as though it's major shirk. We have to come with that detail. Now, the ninth matter is that Hudayfa recites in the verse uh, that's uh, autocorrect proves, the verse proves, sorry, not prices, proves, autocorrect on the computer. Hudayfa reciting the verse proves that the companions would use as evidence and as proof verses which are in regards to major shirk or refer to major shirk. They would use it against minor shirk or use it to prove to the, the verses that would refer to major shirk. They would use it in the instance to prove against minor shirk also because the verse was referring to major shirk. But they used it. And we saw Hudayfa reciting it uh, as proof against the one who had يعني, fall, fallen into minor shirk. Minor shirk. Just as Ibn Abbas he did with the verse from Surah Al-Baqarah. Which verse? Good, you didn't know. I was hoping you, none of you would know so we could set it as homework. That's the homework. Bring the verse. <laughs> Bring the verse next week. If I forget, you can remind me. That's your homework. Now, the tenth that hanging seashells to protect from the evil eye is likewise from that. Again, it is from shirk, but the type of shirk it depends on how the individual approaches that particular shell that he has taken it can be minor or major dependent we apply the same principle here the 11th and the final matter is the supplication against the one who uses amulets that Allah does not grant him what he seeks and that the one who hangs seashells likewise has no peace or rest so making dua against such an individual, such as has come likewise, has come more than once in the sunnah. The one 
who came or the one who comes and announces lost property in the masjid huh? then the messenger of Allah what did he say hmm? may Allah not return it to you may Allah not return it to you that which you've lost huh? so it's allowed for us to make dua against someone that shows to us not just this hadith but also other other examples the one who comes and says I've lost such and such the masajid we know have not been built for this and that is the, the wisdom behind that is to prevent the masajid and the houses of Allah to become a place of announcements um, uh, uh, announcing affairs of the dunya and so before you know it the houses, the houses of Allah become places of announcements and before you know it an auction is taking place in the masjid huh? so this is from Sadr Dara'i that Islam prevents these matters and so Forbid, we are forbidden from making these uh, announcements in the masjid and so we had uh, an example also in that that the dua is made against the one who comes and announces lost property that he's lost something and so the, uh, yani, uh, we can make dua against such an individual may Allah not return that to you naam wafaqallahu al-jami' lima yuhibbuhu wa yirda' wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in naam that's the end of that bab and we continue with the next bab Next week, Bainilai Ta'ala, which is our Kamalah Khairan. If you announce that you lost something, or even announce the one who announces that he lost something, or the one who announces that something's been lost, we found such and such. Both. It's not announced. It's not announced. Outside of the masjid, maybe something can be put out. Haram. Haram, no. Haram, no. No. It's, the it's the same thing. It's all of the same. Yeah, yeah. As an example for the people. For the, for the people, yeah. If you lost something in the masjid, and start announcing it. As for if you come, as for if you come and you go to the caretaker. You go to the caretaker and ask. That's not announcing. You're not coming here and announcing before the people. But you can come to the caretaker and say, oh, "Brother, I think I lost my phone." And he says, "You know what? That's where the lost property is. Go to that room." <laughs>